0: episode 109 Functional therapy and ill effects of mouth breathing and sleep apnea i'm your host dr justin trostclair and today we're sarah hornsby's perspective join 2017 and 2018 podcast awards nominated host as we get a behind the curtain look at all types of doctors and guests specialties let's hear a doctor's perspective Thanks for tuning in again, February, make it your best month ever, or at least your best February ever. You know, that's something I've always was told, you know, you can't compare too often January to February, December, January, February. You should look at February 2019 versus 2018s versus 2017s. That way you can kind of start seeing a trend like, oh, February's are sometimes down. What can I do about that? Or wow, they're really good. What was I doing in the past? Let me duplicate that. Make sense? Okay. I'm back from America. Whew, so good. Seeing friends, seeing my parents, hanging out with the baby, eating so much food. Oh, it was a sad day to have to go back, fly again with the four-month-old. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the parents are coming with me to China, so get the experience, what I've been experiencing for the last couple of years. I think that'll be a good time for them, or at least a cultural change. And I think that they can appreciate, you know, at least those things. Well, today on the show, we're talking myofunctional therapy. It's a continuation, if you will, from episode 105 where we'd had the dentist, Doctor. Alan Sprinkle, on talking about tongue tie surgeries and mercury-free dentistry and things, and he mentioned this term, myofunctional therapy, and I was like, "What is that?" Well, did a search, and uh, Sarah came up on My Faceology, which is her website. And my goodness, there was so much information. I was like, "Okay, I got to get her on, chat with her, find out what this whole thing is about. What does it help? What causes it? And uh, you know, what is the actual therapy?" So we're gonna go through all of those things. What are the goals? And all of this is about. Uh, a little spoiler, mouth breathing. When you're a baby, when you're younger, if you mouth breathe instead of breathing through your nose, your palate forms differently. Uh, your tongue is supposed to rest in your, your mouth a certain way. And so it ends up changing your airways. So like later on in life, you might get sleep apnea. Uh, you may need braces, you know, those types of things. Then, you know, we answer questions like, why do babies suck a thumb? What are the differences between anterior and posterior tongue ties? What can they do about it, if anything? Uh, And what's cool is she does telemedicine. That's what she does all the time now. She's got people underneath her, which I didn't realize to the end. We talk about some devices that you can use besides braces, for instance, if there's a, you know, if you need to go that route. And the unexpected challenges of being a boss and managing several people. Not something you would think of when you, you know, you're just starting out. And then she also does a little bit of mentoring. So people who are into this, they might be kind of new from being like a dental hygienist. They're like, how do I approach doctors? How do I approach patients? What do I say? Um, I've had this complication, this this complicated case. What do I do with this? So she's kind of like a mentor because she's been doing it for so long. All right. All the show notes can be found at a doctor's perspective slash one zero nine. Again, check out the resources page on the site for all the potential things you might need as an affiliate and as well slash support. If you look at wanting to buy to host a cup of coffee or support the show financially in any way, uh, there's some bonuses for those who do um, monthly. And we do appreciate those who are doing that. It uh, makes you feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, impactful like oh what i'm doing matters what i'm doing is reaching people it's affecting their practices it's affecting their lives um it's improving their relationships with their with their spouses and friends and things so uh it's a cool it's real cool let's go hashtag behind the curtain live from china in seattle washington today on the show we have something you've probably not heard of before but it pairs in with the dentist that we had just a couple of weeks ago but It's called Myofunctional Therapy, and her name is Sarah Hornsby, and her practice is called Faceology. Please, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Well,
0: pre-chat is fun. We always have a few things to kind of figure out technology today. You know, it's great Mm -hmm. when it works, and then when it doesn't, you're like, all right, backup (laughs) plan number two. So that is one of these episodes. (laughs) So excited to have you on. Just to begin with, give us a little background about yourself, and if you want to, you can bridge it into a little bit of like how you got into like myofunctional therapy, what is it, you know, those types of things.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a good question because whenever I'm talking to people, they're like, how did you get into this? It's such a weird field. And, and I'll explain more about what it is. But um, I'm a dental hygienist by training. So I went to school to learn how to clean teeth. I did it for about a year and at that point realized, you know, I don't know if I can do this for the rest of my life. So pretty early on in my career as a hygienist, I was looking for other options and looking at like, well, how do I go to dental school? Or maybe I should go get an MBA. Or I I just didn't know what I wanted to do. But I knew I couldn't keep scaling teeth for the next, you know, 30 years or whatever. And it's not that I didn't like the patients, because that's what I loved. I love the connections. I, I think anyone who goes into healthcare loves connecting with people and helping people. So it wasn't that it was just the The, you know, basically slaving away, you know, nine patients in a row all day. And I just, I thought, you know, maybe I can do more. So, um, to make a long story short, I found myofunctional therapy by accident. I was reading a dental hygiene magazine, uh, and there was a little tiny ad in the back, and they talked about, you know, change your dental hygiene career in like a four day course. And I thought, okay, well, I mean, if this is true, I better do it. So I paid the money, and I felt like, this has to be a scam. I mean, this can't be real. I've never heard of this field. My dentist I work for has never heard of this field. Um, You know, it can't be real, but I was sitting in the class realizing that I had a lot of the symptoms that I was learning about and that's really what kind of kept me going and kept me interested. Otherwise, I mean, if I didn't connect with it personally, I probably would have been like, okay, that was a waste of money, so.
0: I tried something new. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like advertising. It's so funny that nobody would have saw that ad unless they are exactly the person that was I'm looking to change and not just do dental hygienist. So that's kind of fun to see that exactly. it worked and you're still just like ah, what is this?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still I didn't know and and that's I think the biggest problem which you know we can talk about any of these topics more. The biggest problem with my field is that most other healthcare providers don't know about it and that means that most patients don't know about it. So there's a lot of people who need the therapy that I do but they don't even know the question to ask that would get them to me. And even if they did ask the questions, like 99% of the time the doctor or dentist they're asking isn't going to know to refer to someone like me. So it's a problem for sure.
0: Well, I never heard about it until the, like I said, mentioned there was a dentist on and he was an alternative dentist who doesn't do Mm -hmm. mercury free, you know, is mercury free. And so already he's kind of like, whoa, who's this guy? And, And like, I didn't really have an opinion about it one way or the other. I just had heard about it like, Oh, there's alternative dentist, you know. So I was like, well, what's that about? Yeah. And then I found out he does a whole bunch of like tongue tie surgeries uh, himself. Yeah. And he had to get a bunch of training with that. And then from there, he's like, definitely check out. Um, but he has a whole website about a- it xanther
1: uh oh xanther i was gonna say is it dr sarush zagi because yeah, he's Zaghi. kind of like the famous tongue tie doctor so yeah to people in my field he's like a celebrity doctor so <laughs> that's the guy
0: that is the guy and then when his site <laughs> yeah looking for like other people and then you have mm-hmm. like just the therapy people and i was like oh and then you had a whole actually a really good website
1: Yeah, I've worked hard on that website. I try to have information out there for patients who have never heard of this. So my website's unique. And I think one of my best marketing strategies has been reaching out to the patients directly. You know, if the dentists and doctors don't know about this, then how do I connect with like the parents or the patients who have the symptoms and are Googling and searching YouTube? So- that's really why I started making videos, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, if y'all are on your phone right now, check it out because it's almost everything you would need. I don't know if they have an official myofunctionaltherapy.com or something like that, but that's what I thought I was on to begin with because there were so many good answers and good questions and like the professionalism of the website. Like I try to design my own, and yeah, you can tell. And
1: <laughs> no, good. <they did. laughs> <whatever laughs> it.
0: It's so good. So anyway, so that's so it's really cool if you don't have any clue about it, you can follow up on her site and you got videos and you have lots of different. Um, but after this podcast. People People should know after hearing what you have to say. So, boy, where to begin?
1: Yeah, I can explain like what I actually do because yeah. that'll help people, I think, as they listen. You know, basically, I describe, I tell people that I have four basic goals for every single patient that I see. So, number one, you have to breathe through your nose all day and all night. You've got to use your nose for breathing. Number two, I want you to have a good lip seal. So, when you're not talking and you're not eating, you've got to have your lips resting together. Goal number three, your tongue has to be up filling the whole top of your mouth, like the tip, the middle, and the back of your tongue. It has to fill up your oral cavity three-dimensionally. Goal number four is you have to swallow correctly. And these things are basic, simple things that honestly, we shouldn't need a therapist for. Um, We should be born doing these things innately and naturally, and we should never even think about it. However, there are things that can... Make these four goals that I have um, not come to you naturally and innately, and and that was me. I was a kid breathing through my mouth, and when you think at the if you if you start to look at what causes mouth breathing, like everything. So, allergies, asthma, large tonsils and adenoids, um, thumb sucking, tongue ties, all of these things that we're looking at as problems that need to be solved, they're actually leading to these other muscle dysfunctions, breathing dysfunctions, swallowing dysfunctions. And that's really what I correct. So, I mean, that's, that's the simple version. But if you can address these things in growing kids, they will have good jaw development, they'll have good airway development, and they'll end up being adults with better dental structures facial structures and they're less likely to have sleep apnea jaw pain and a lot of the bigger picture symptoms that i treat in the adults i see
0: so you made me think it's like okay that was really easy so we keep our lips closed we're breathing mm-hmm. through our nose our tongue mm-hmm. should be in the you know pretty much on the roof of our Top mouth of in mouth. a sense and, I'm, and then you got to swallow it and i'm thinking okay i'm not sure how much of my tongue is that is the in the middle of my tongue on my roof i'm trying to like do it yeah. while we're on the phone
1: It's not for a lot of people. I mean, if you were a kid who struggled breathing in any way, you're probably an adult with these symptoms. And it's not like it's a big deal until it starts to affect you. So kids who are mouth breathers, kids, yeah, it accumulates over decades. So if you're a kid breathing through your mouth, if you're a kid who's tongue tied, you're very likely at some point in your life to be an adult with sleep apnea or TMJ issues, uh, which connects to so many other fields like chiropractors. Yeah, You know, if you're trying to work on someone's TMJ and adjust their atlas or, you know, whatever you specialize in, if you're trying to fix that, but their mouth breathing and their tongue is low, you're still never able to get to that root issue. You know, what's going on with their body alignment if their mouth is open? That's not how we're meant to be.
0: You said like with the allergies. So pretty much anytime you just feel really stuffy, like those types of people mm-hmm. who are like, yeah, I can't ever breathe through my nose. Because I've already have allergies. Something's always swollen in there. Yeah. And so I have to, you know, breathe. So it's just through your mouth. Is there
1: anything
0: as a doctor we can look at? It's only at night. Oh, it's at night too, maybe.
1: Yeah. Go through a patient's health history and find out, did they have allergies or breathing issues when they were younger? If so, they might have leftover habits that could be contributing to these bigger problems that they have now. If they currently have allergies and currently have, you know, trouble breathing through their nose or a severely deviated septum or large tonsils and adenoids, those are all, reasons that somebody would still breathe through their mouth, even as an adult. And it might only be at night, but if you sleep for seven or eight hours a night and you're mouth breathing that whole time, it's still not good. So, you know.
0: But they know? If you're a mouth breather, you know you're a mouth breather?
1: Not always. And that's the crazy thing is most people are either in denial, like I was. I never knew that I was until I was sitting in that class and I started really kind of being aware of that and checking in with that and once I found out I was horrified I was so embarrassed I was like how did no one tell me this I was like 22 or 23 at the time and I thought why did my parents not know about this why did no one like you know I was like going back to every like doctor and orthodontist and like even through my professional training as a hygienist I thought why did no one talk about this and I was like I was upset for a while and that's really why I kind of was like I'm gonna go out there I'm gonna talk about this stuff because you know I'm an adult with a higher risk for sleep apnea based on my structures and i'm not overweight i'm i'm healthy but the way my jaws grew and the way my palate is structured i have a small airway and and that Mm. you know could have been changed if my face grew more forward and if my palate grew wider i would have more space for my tongue and i would have a more um, open and fully developed airway so
0: so you have what do they call these i don't remember face shapes kind of like a teardrop face
1: yeah, I mean, I have a narrow palate. I have kind of a narrower face, a longer face. Yeah. There are facial features that you can look at. in, in you know, when you look around people, like, I, I mean, I can't unsee it. You know, it's like you, once you know what you're looking for, <laughs> you're like, oh, it's everywhere. So, yeah, I see all sorts of people on TV and at the grocery store, at the bank, you know, out in the world living life. And I'm like, they need myofunctional therapy. Everyone needs it, you know. So,
0: <laughs> Will you see like the jaw sort of be instead of kind of thinner it'll be kind of around the same shape as your uh, zygomatic arch kind of area?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the facial features tend to be flatter, like the cheekbone area will be flatter. Um, Maybe the mandible is smaller. Anyone who has an underbite, that's another, that's a little different. But really the maxilla is small. When somebody has an underbite, we call it a class three malocclusion. It's not so much that the lower jaw is too big. It's that the upper jaw didn't didn't fully develop forward. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that I can see. You know, if you look at faces all day, probably like you, you look at certain things you can recognize in people's postures or how they hold themselves. Like you can probably identify yeah. stuff from across the room that I wouldn't know what I'm looking at. But with this stuff, I, I see it a lot. So
0: mm, let's see. So we've got the basics. Yeah. <laughs> We've got both. Kids, we've got adults. When we're talking about kids, I know sometimes if a baby's not nursing very well, some doctors can obviously tell, oh, there's a little tongue tie. They just kind of do a little yeah. surgery, boom, they release it. But what I've seen, what I've, after that interview with a dentist, it seems like they go deeper. They figure out, no, that wasn't enough, or they just missed it completely. And you can't actually, like I said, stick your tongue out. You can barely open your mouth, not yeah. even 50%, like when your tongue is on the back of your teeth. So Exactly. What is, as far as a kid goes, you know, their doctor said it's fine. Maybe they released it a little bit. How do you train a six-month-old or a two-year-old to not mouth-breathe?
1: Yeah, that's the hard part. So with, with kids and um, babies and toddlers, you know, the younger they are, it, it is more challenging. So the ideal time to release a tongue tie is when babies are really little and they're still breastfeeding because breastfeeding is like myofunctional therapy <laughs> for babies. Okay. So. If a baby is breastfeeding and they're a couple days old and they get a good latch and now they can nurse, they're not going to need exercises when they're older. Okay. The tricky part…
0: Unless they suck their thumb or something. Yeah.
1: And hopefully they don't. I mean, hopefully if they're they're nursing um, and they've got good oral development and good muscle development and, you know, hopefully they won't suck their thumb. I think there's a lot of theories that the reason kids suck their thumb is because they can't get a full palatal contact with their tongue. And you know, if you look at Chinese medicine, if you look at um, like even the anatomy of how like there's a lot of nerves at our incisive papilla area, like right on the roof of your mouth. Um, that's right where your tongue should touch. And if your tongue tight okay. and you physically can't make that contact with your tongue, then the theory is, according to some people, that you're trying to get that stimulation by your thumb in other ways. So your thumb. Because they is always put stuff in their mouth. Yeah, or you so put need stuff that in your stimulation. mouth fingers. Yeah, there's some like neurological feedback or there's some endorphin release, there's something that kids get out of that thumb sucking that they're not getting from their tongue. At least that's one theory. And, you know, as far as like research behind that, I don't know, but I hear a lot of people talking about this in my field. So.
0: Does the pacifier do the same thing as a thumb because I've heard stories that if you suck it for year, I, mean, I don't know how long you're supposed to use it for, mm-hmm. but it could be the I same thing. I think it
1: can. Yeah, I think that can. That's maybe why it, you know babies stop crying when you give them their pacifier. There's so, it's so controversial. You know, some people are like never use a pacifier. Others are like it's okay under six months, and other people say you know as long as you quit before three. So <laughs> there you go. See? You know, <laughs> it's there's a lot of you know, and, and I'm not a mom, so I'm always like you know. I don't want to like judge or make people feel like you've got to do it a certain way. I mean, I, I know moms struggle. Uh, I work with moms all the time, and they feel guilty when they can't breastfeed. You know, my sister had a baby, and she couldn't she couldn't breastfeed. She ended up having to bottle feed and go to work go back to work after a month. So, you know, it, everyone tries their best, but I'm always just like, I'm not judging. I just tell you like. If you breastfeed, it's not just about the nutrition from breast milk versus formula, it's about muscle development, suck, swallow, breathe coordination. There's so much that happens, um, even palate width. I mean, we we do have research saying that babies who breastfeed have wider palates than babies who bottle feed. They get narrow palates or they get vaulted bubble palates and then it's harder to keep the tongue up. So, so much of what happens when we're babies and our oral development influences us later in life, for sure.
0: Is see, we, yeah, I just got a three month old and it's just she's such a cool baby, like she do not even want the little password like you know, I grew up, you're supposed to give a That's good. you're supposed to give it to the baby, and she's like,, Bleh. and I'm like, all right, well, yeah. uh, <laughs> I guess just eat well, your fingers you for back. a few minutes. <laughs>
1: Yeah. You know, people always say, well, what did ancient people do? You know, what did our ancestors do? And like breastfeeding would have been a baby's pacifier, you know, in an ideal world, you know, the mom and baby would be together all the time. And when they need that comfort, when they need to suck or nurse, um, then they, they, you know, breastfeeding is the answer. So, I mean, we don't all have that opportunity in like modern society with jobs and, you know, crazy lives and stuff, but, If you go back in time, that's what I try to do. Like, what did people do before we had, like... A lot of babies probably
0: died in the street is probably what a lot of babies did.
1: Probably, yeah. Oh, we don't have a cow
0: for milk. I don't know what we're going to do. Susie said she's not breastfeeding Uh, other people's babies anymore. I guess so. (laughs) It's real.
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah, but the the tongue tie thing, I think there are more tongue ties than there used to be. So I think this is a complicated thing that's happening, but epigenetic changes with like modern food, modern, you know, the the toxins and pollutants and stuff in the air, you know, we're getting some of these epigenetic changes that I don't think if you go back even three or 400 years ago, there wasn't so many people that are tongue-tied. Part of it is, yes, we're, we're looking more, we see it more, but There's more to it than that. I mean, we are seeing changes in jaws and and skulls. And if you look at like Weston Price and some of the stuff that he could see, you know, epigenetic changes happening within just one or two generations when, you know, these traditional tribes and cultures would go from eating their normal diets, you know, whatever they would eat naturally, and then they go to the modern food. And within one or two generations, the kids have cavities, they've got worse jaw development, Hmm. their mouth breathing, they've got all of these issues in a very short amount.
0: time my wife is chinese and when she came to america those first few years she's like what is going on with y'all it's like what are you talking about she's like y'all got like gluten intolerance peanut allergies all these different things it's like y'all don't have here, here, i'm like i've never heard anybody oh no a peanut i mean i can't eat rice i've never heard (laughs) anyone complain about that now maybe they have ibs and we just don't talk about it
1: no i think there's more to it i mean industrialized societies actually have a lot more of these type of like allergy issues sleep apnea i mean sleep apnea is a very modern industrialized yeah. nation problem and it has to do with um you know of course there's the the weight side of things but it also has to do with our airway and our breathing and you know if we have high rates of allergies and high rates of mouth breathing and high rates of tongue ties now now we're having more rates of these bigger issues too so yeah it is it's complicated though
0: when we're talking tongue tie surgery that's called a frenuloplasty there's anterior there's posterior anterior kind of makes sense to me the kid can't you know stick their tongue out very far I mean it makes sense there's like but what's a posterior mm-hmm. version of that, and what can we look for?
1: Yeah, the posterior tongue tie. It's you know, to me, I'm like a tongue tie is a tongue tie. It just depends on how bad it is. So if it's anterior, it's usually pretty bad. But um, if there's an anterior, then the posterior end is restricted as well. And what we have to look for is, at least what I look for is, can the tongue reach the palate? And if it can't, then to me that's and not a just problem. the tip of the tongue. So when I'm looking at not just the tip of the tongue the middle and the back so i have this mouth i I know that you know you can see me but um i've got this mouth and i'm showing you the palate here but the tip of the tongue should be here the middle here and the back there so really the whole tongue needs to touch like it's almost like laying like a blanket across the whole top of the mouth now if you're tongue tied you can't do that so to me i'm not really into like having surgeries just for the sake of having a surgery. I want, you know, a tongue tie release to be like a means to an end. So I prepare the muscles. I help people with exercises beforehand. We strengthen the tongue. We give you coordination. We, uh, you know, we work on a bunch of stuff. Then you have the surgery. And then after the surgery, now our job is to get your tongue to go where it should. That's how we're meant to be. Our tongues are supposed to be in the top of our mouth. That's how our jaw development and palate development. You can
0: help the surgeon in a sense. This is where we're seeing he's having these issues or this lady's having these issues. And they're like, oh, okay, that means I should probably do more of this type of surgery potentially. or
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm just trying to get to the, the function. You know, If the tongue isn't functioning correctly, if it can't rest in the right place, then that means you can't speak in the right way. You can't swallow in the right way. So to me, releasing the tongue tie is just part of a many-step process where we're trying to get proper oral muscle function. So that's really what I'm doing. But the posterior part comes when you can't get the back of your tongue mm. to go up. Some people with a posterior tongue tie, their tongues look pretty mobile. They can stick them out, they can point them up, but then as soon as they try to rest on the top of the mouth, it feels exhausting and it feels hard to keep it up there and they struggle. So a lot of people who are adults and have a posterior tongue tie that hasn't been detected because it's not very obvious, they end up with clenching and grinding facial pain, jaw pain, TMJ issues, chronic headaches, chronic neck and shoulder issues, and that's from dysfunctional muscle use. Um, when the tongue can't function properly, now the muscles all under the the floor of the mouth, the muscles in the neck, um, all of these muscles, even like the temporalis and the um, muscles of mastication, they are now overcompensating and working in dysfunctional ways because the tongue isn't doing its job, if that makes sense. That's kind of a simple way of explaining it, but there's um, compensations going on that I'm trying to dis- disconnect, disassociate um, those those muscle compensations for people who are tongue tied as adults. There's a whole lot of kinetic Basically, chain. they've built up. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Basically, these these people have built up over you know if they're 40 years old and they've been having all these muscle compensations and muscle problems because they're tongue tied. They're probably going to have clenching, grinding, jaw pain, facial pain, headaches, all that stuff. So.
0: So I, I get a feeling your clientele is probably a lot more like adults because...
1: These days, yeah. we're, mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so let's say we've got kids, they're four to eight years old, and they're getting to that point, you know, all their teeth mm-hmm. are there. You're noticing they got some gapping, some crossbite mm-hmm. thing. Ah, i got to pay for my kids' braces. No! Is there... You know, at yeah. that point, you're like, all right, your teeth, mm-hmm. is me- your teeth are just messed up. At that point, should you also look into the myofunctional stuff? Because at that point... Maybe they could spend the next six months doing certain exercises or something and see what happens. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So when when I work with kids, I'm, I'm, I would say about 60% of my patients are adults and 40% are kids. So I still see a lot of kids. And when I'm working with kids, it's all prevention minded. You know, we're trying to basically guide their growth through proper oral habits and breathing. If you can optimize the growth of the jaws and the growth of the palate, then the teeth should mm. come in straight. You shouldn't need braces if, if, if everything grows the right way. Now, the first sign that parents should look for is, is your kid mouth breathing? Even if it's only at night, we grow a lot at night. And if you're growing in that open mouth posture, even if it's only at night, it's not good. So that's going to be, you know, you're going to end up with crowding. You're going to end up with the narrow palate. You're going to end up with that vertical facial growth. And that leads to a lot of the problems that I have as an adult and that my adult patients have. So look for those symptoms like mouth breathing in kids. That's the most obvious common thing that if you tune into.
0: Mouth breathing is literally just your mouth is your open. Your mouth is open. Like when they sleep, they're just like, And you off. can
1: feel it. Exactly. So if your lips are apart, even one millimeter, your tongue drops. And it's that tongue dropping to the bottom of the mouth that, you know, now the palate has no support. There's no structure for the maxillary arch, mm. as we call it in dentistry. So, um, you know, that means that you're not going to get forward facial development if the tongue is down low. Now the 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 max the maxilla is just hanging out. It's not getting any stimulation. It's not getting any forward facial development or um ex- natural expansion from the tongue. So, you know, look for that and then the best thing you can do is find an orthodontist who's airway focused. So if your kids are mouth breathing and you know, you're know you looking, you've gotta get those habits under control. So whether you do it on your own or work with a myofunctional therapist, um, orthodontists who are looking at tongue posture, who are looking at the airway, who are looking at mouth breathing, those are the ones I'd recommend. Not all of them are, unfortunately. This is like the, my biggest challenge is finding the orthodontists who get what I do. If they're not looking at what I'm doing, then I think, I mean, in my opinion, they are missing a huge piece of the puzzle. They're not, if if you're not looking at the tongue and the, the mouth resting posture and the mouth breathing, then you can put braces on kids, but it's it's not going to stay stable and you're not going to guide that growth in the right direction.
0: Oh, that's what you mean. Like, so that your teeth will get mm-hmm. straight but if you stop wearing your tannin like I did you'll you're start getting it'll some of your relapse. cross bite and all those things will start coming back it'll
1: come back because
0: I'm pretty exactly. sure I'm a mouth breather at night because I'm thinking I'm like I'm looking at my kid I want to go home mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and look at my kid and be like are you is your mouth closed when you're sleeping because I'm like I'm pretty sure mine don't because you know my mouth will dry out or whatever yeah. so I'm like I know that's going yeah, exactly. on exactly
1: if your mouth is dry if you wake up with like drool on your pillow those are signs um but yeah, I mean, not to like put you on the spot, but yeah, you, I think you could benefit from myofunctional therapy.
0: <laughs> I noticed that I was watching one of your little videos, which are actually good. I don't think you took one take to make that. Uh, let's just be honest; it looked like you were um, you practiced which a while. Wow, just the basic. What is myofunctional therapy? It was oh, so good. Oh gosh! Well,
1: I mean, that was my point. I talk about this stuff all yeah, day, so it was a polished. I don't have to like practice
0: okay. it. Yeah, <laughs> it polished. Let's just put it that it wasn't like me were jumping on the camera. Oh, and just, thanks. Hey, what's chiropractic? Well, let me tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, those videos that I made, they really came out of um, I, I do these free assessments with people. So I, I offer a 30 minute free assessment so people can ask questions. And, you know, it's kind of weird if you've never heard of this field and you've never met me and we are doing it online, then I, I feel like I want to give people an opportunity to ask me questions and to, to understand, you know, why would you pay someone to help you with these habits that seem so silly. So I, I talk about the same things over and over and over with pretty much every person. And so I thought a few years ago, I was like, I should just start putting together, you know, little video clips of the things that I say all the time. And then when I finish my calls, I can send people the video links. And so when I started these videos, it wasn't for like marketing purposes. I never really thought that many people would watch them. And here we are a few years later, and my YouTube channel surprisingly gets a lot of views. I mean,
0: yeah, if you if you've learned anything for SEO and keywords and how to do that stuff, <laughs> if you haven't, like you should go do that so that way you can really mm-hmm. uh, optimize your videos. But people are finding it; they just yeah. type it in and then
1: people yeah. find it. Well, I think, you know, there's not a lot of people making videos on like tongue ties and <laughs> mouth breathing and, and kudos you know, for stuff you like that. So. For
0: doing <laughs> Skype type assessments, telemedicine, if you will, because.
1: Exactly. Telemedicine. You can mm-hmm. go
0: across the world instead of just Seattle.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And that's really how it started. I mean, I, I had a, a practice in Seattle where I would see people in person for about four years. And then um, it just got to the point that by it was like four years ago today, actually, like December 2014 was when I thought, okay, I think I'm going to actually close down my physical location and I'm going to try to take this whole thing online because even my local patients, nobody wants to drive in traffic and nobody, you know, if you can do it at home from the comfort of your house, like why wouldn't you want to do that? So, I mean, for me, as long as people have a good internet connection and good lighting, I think the therapy is even better online than, you know, if you come and meet me in person. So,
0: plus nice is profitable now too.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's stuff that we talk about um, on the show. is like, hey, now my overhead is literally this 200 yeah. square foot office in my house. I mean, that's it.
1: Exactly. And, and yeah, I think a lot has changed in the internet world um, because if you think back to 2014, it wasn't that long ago, but internet speeds were way worse. I mean, it was harder now. I mean, I've got like a 300 meg connection in my house and most patients have pretty high speed internet. But back then I would, I would meet people who still had like dial up oh, and I would be like, Oh, this isn't going to work. And so I really had to get into like the the technical side of like walking people through like, you know, can you run a speed test? And you know what? You know, and they're like, well, I have four bars. I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I really had to get pretty tech savvy and like understand a lot of the stuff that I never would have if I just kept, you know, seeing patients in person. Oh, so That's
0: great. I'm going to come back to yeah. this. But I wanted to round out the more "What is all this?" part of the interview. Um, mm-hmm, that's okay. I'm thinking. Okay, I heard about this thing called Mile Munchie, and mm-hmm. I think she's going to come on the show. But you also mentioned something cool. called advanced lightwear functional device and a daytime nighttime device appliance. Mm-hmm. Look like wire things that you. What are those? And yeah, can anyone kind of, use those? of um,
1: they're alternative. I guess, I mean, that's kind of a dumb word, but um, they're, I think, more airway centric or airway oriented uh, orthodontic appliances. So oh. they're looking at the things I look at, but it's an orthodontic treatment. So for me, if I meet somebody who does an alpha appliance, who's a, a doctor, um, actually, I think the alpha appliance was invented by a chiropractor, or at least partially, hmm. um, Dr. Derek Nordstrom in Los Angeles. He, I think he might be a dentist, but paired with a chiropractor, I don't remember, but um, that advanced light wire appliance is meant to apply gentle pressure and it works with, you know, your tongue. So each time you swallow, it stimulates um, the palate to remodel. And so it's really a lot along the lines of what I'm looking at because it's straightening teeth, it's moving teeth, but it's looking at the tongue and the breathing and the airway. So it's not just like, oh, we'll give you a great smile. It's like, let's make you healthier. Let's get your palate wider. Let's optimize your growth and development if you're a kid. And and that's really uh, important to me when I'm looking for orthodontists. So if I find somebody who's doing that alpha appliance, I know that they're probably going to know about what I do. And Probably one out of 100 dentists has actually heard of what I do, maybe less. So it's growing, it's changing, but for me, it's really about finding those those like-minded healthcare providers because I can't do it on my own. You know, I have to find a team of people who get what I do, and that can be the ENT, um, that can be the dentist, that can be uh, the orthodontist, it can be the chiropractor, it can be. Right. Oh, my gosh. I, mean, I I can't. I can only teach exercises. You know, I can't do everything. So. And when
0: we're talking results for an adult versus like a a kid, you know, an adult has an issue versus a kid who you're you want to be pro- proactive, especially like in my family, we've all had braces more than likely. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, there's a good chance that there's something that we can do ahead of time. How long does it take to see results? Kid versus adult.
1: Uh, I mean, when I work with people, I usually put them through a twelve session program and that program spends over or spans anywhere from six months to a year. So that's not because it's like I just want to see you that long. That's because it takes it can take a while to change those habits. So I mean, for me personally, I think it took me about eighteen months before I really felt comfortable keeping my tongue in my palate, breathing through my nose, and I never had to think about it. Wow. So You know, I don't want people to have to be like forcing themselves to do these things. I want it to become subconscious and just part of, you know, how they are. I don't want it to be forced. So to get to that point, it takes a little longer. But I would say, in general, after four to six weeks, people start making big changes. So.
0: Because all of a sudden you're having to be conscious of your breathing, which is so difficult because we've got so many other things to do. I know.
1: And it can even – yeah, and it can span into like mindfulness and it can span into – you know, like I, a lot of people who are into that kind of thing, they talk about feeling your tongue in your palate and feeling your – you know, breathing through your nose and just becoming super aware and mindful of these things that aren't natural to think about. You know, it takes practice. So,
0: Have you ever looked into – oh, you know, they used to, people, if they smoke, they might pop a rubber band or I don't want to be a negative person and they wear a rubber band and they snapped it every time. Do you have yeah, anything yeah. like that? Like, mm-hmm. remember those um, Live Strong braces that were so cool? Some people still wear those. Yes. Like, do you ever yes. have anything like that that says, hey, watch your tongue? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I have a lot of different reminders. I even have people, you know, there's habit reminder, like there's apps and stuff that you can download. I have people put these little colored stickers. I don't think I have any around me right now, but you can put up like little color stickers that are uh, supposed to be like visual, um, you know, reminders of to check in with yourself. There's a lot of, you know, habit awareness, things like that, that people can do. So I try to incorporate a lot of that stuff to make it easier for people. But yeah, no, that's a good one. Mm hmm. You forget, well, it's not a normal thing to think about. You know, it takes practice.
0: You put a sticker on your cell phone. You know how many times a day you'd probably end up practicing because you pull your phone out. You're like, ah, the red sticker.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, or like the computer monitor screen. That would help me because I'm at my computer all the time. So, you know, I was just thinking I didn't talk about the DNA appliance that daytime, nighttime. Um, You asked me about that, and that's just another version of the orthodontic appliance that – it's similar to the Alpha appliance. It's it actually the DNA appliance has been sold to a company. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what happened, but it's called Vivos. Okay. V i v o s. And if anyone wants to look that up, the Vivos appliance is actually FDA approved to treat sleep apnea. So. Ah. Yeah. So it's kind of a cool one.
0: And that's, again, so orthodontics people, would put that into your... It's
1: an orthodontic, yeah. A dentist or an orthodontist, uh, it's an appliance that I think sometimes they're removable and you wear them at night. Sometimes you wear them during the day too if you're trying to treat sleep apnea not everyone just wants to wear a CPAP for the rest of their life. So the theory with these appliances is if you can give somebody a wider palate, give them more airway space and, and you know, give them more jaw development orthodontically, then it's a it's an option that's not surgery and it's not a CPAP and it's not just a, a mandibular advance, advancement device that uh, is, a, is a common dental appliance to just basically move your mandible forward to keep your airway open at night. Yeah. So I think, I mean, if I had sleep apnea, that's probably what I would do. So you
0: can do the Vivos along the with Vivos. the uh, with the training that you would do, you probably see results. Yeah, and biofunctional quick.
1: therapy. Well, that's yeah, that's critical. Like if you're not actually addressing the breathing and the tongue posture, you can do any surgery, any appliance, but you're never getting to that like root cause. Wow. So yeah, you've got to include that.
0: Man, mm-hmm. there's just you know if I say this, if it works as well as we hope it would, it seems like it should spread like wirefire Like you got sleep apnea.
1: Here, you I should think. do these yeah. exercises.
0: Here's a pamphlet. Oh, you need more help? Here's a website you can visit and there's mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. practitioners in the in the nation that can yeah. help you out, it would seem.
1: Oh, well, you know, it's not to sound like and, or jaded and cynical, <laughs> <laughs> jaded and cynical, but um, there's not really a way that like an industry can make a lot of money off of therapy like I do. So um, it's not something that insurance companies have been able to capitalize on yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something, you know, like a CPAP machine, the 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 sleep, it's just it's easier to make money on that kind of thing, and I think that's why you know you need
0: a device yeah you
1: need a device or like here's something you can hand someone, and unfortunately you know therapies doesn't really fit into that so well. Yeah. Um, it's changing though. I mean, we're just getting research within the past like three to five years connecting tongue tied tongue ties and sleep apnea mouth breathing and sleep apnea so especially in kids and there's a lot of research that will be coming out very soon that's like i mean nobody's going to be able to ignore the connection of mouth breathing tongue ties and sleep apnea in kids so
0: fantastic that'll be fun yeah Uh, look forward to seeing some of that stuff
1: i hope yeah i know i'm excited there's a dentist in or he's an orthodontist in australia who's doing a lot of research he's compiled like 15 years of, of research on like 4,600 patients or something crazy. And they're all kids between the age of seven and nine. And he's pretty much making this stuff like super, um, out there and he's including myofunctional therapy as part of the treatment plan to um, help kids with sleep apnea. So that's good. I mean, it's good for my field. So my field will spread like wildfire. Like you said, I I really think in the next five to 10, hopefully not 15 to 20 years, but (laughs) hopefully very soon it will become as mainstream as like, I need braces, you know, I need myofunctional therapy. So that's my hope.
0: Yeah. I mean, I get, I get that because you want to be able to be paired with like-minded orthodontics and dentists who are like – who see that the purpose of it is and then they're like, okay, this is what you need to do along with X, Y, and Z. Yeah,
1: and and I don't want people to think, oh, just do this therapy and you'll cure your sleep apnea. I, I don't want people to think like I'm I'm going to cure them because I'm, I'm – you know, you can't right. cure sleep apnea. You can't even know if you have it without being diagnosed and having a sleep study and all those things. So for me, it's just about – Getting people to whatever treatment they're pursuing to look at this as part of it, as a critical part of it. No, I hope that becomes part of the conversation as the years go by. What are you doing
0: for marketing?
1: You know, not a lot. Really? Okay. (laughs) It's all word of mouth. I haven't really marketed, and that's been something that I'm. You know, I've got a big project for 2019, so I've been able to survive. And and my website gets a lot of views. My my YouTube channel brings people to me. That's marketing. And. It's kind of, yeah, I mean, not paid marketing, I guess. Um, I write a lot of articles for my website and, and really, you know, that's it. So I, I'm looking into like what, you know, what can I do in 2019 to actually like maybe pay someone, um, do ads or something. I, I don't know what that looks like yet, but yeah. From what
0: I've learned, you're doing a lot of what they call content marketing. So you've mm-hmm. you've got your basis of lots of different articles. you got lots of YouTube <laughs> videos that are already mm-hmm. doing organic You got a lot of organic reach. Yeah, it's all
1: organic. Mm -hmm. So
0: you didn't ask. I'll just throw this out here. When you're looking into hiring someone who do like Facebook ads or that kind of stuff for you, Mm -hmm. if they're probably not mentioning utilizing some of these videos that you've already had or like pushing people to the the blog posts that you're like your most popular blog posts, like that would be Mm -hmm. a really good way. You know, it'll be more engagement. It'll be cheaper in the long run for you. But if people aren't even mentioning those types of things.
1: (sighs) Yeah, no, that's that's good. I might have to even talk with you about this later because, yeah, that's kind of one of the things that I'm like, okay. You know, I've been lucky for so long. I haven't <laughs> Yeah, oh totally. They'll, they'll spend yeah, you and, money. And, and uh, you know, I I don't um I've learned a lot about being, you know, an entrepreneur, you know, mm-hmm. and I say that in quotes because i never really thought of myself as one, but I do feel like I'm in a field and I'm kind of having to like forge my way through, you know, things that nobody has really done. And especially in my field, like doing therapy fully online even that's kind of you know a point where people have criticized me yeah, so yeah. you know they say well you can't do that it doesn't work you can't see and and I think well if it didn't work then my patients wouldn't be happy and getting results and so and it's not for everyone you know maybe some people really need that that person to person physical you know, sitting next to you experience, but for a lot of people, they don't have a local therapist in their area. Yeah, are so I'm really just feeling a void, you know, like there's, there's a big void in the field. There's not a lot of therapists out there and, you know, that will change. I mean, as my field grows, like I'm, I'm a trainer too. So I, I train other hygienists how to become myofunctional therapists. And, um, I've got a, a course that I I've taken over a hundred hygienists have gone through my, my training program. And so, you know, I am, Uh, I try not to look at it as, like, I'm creating my own competition. I try to look at it as I'm creating my own marketing team, (laughs) you know, because I know… Yeah, you don't
0: have enough people to be competitive yet. like, as long as they're not in the same zip code as me, there's plenty of fish out there. Go get them. And
1: you know what? There's so many dentists. There's so many chiropractors. There's so many orthodontists and… We're, there's Most no of shortage it. of patients and, and there's no shortage of people yeah. who have these problems, unfortunately. So I try not to look at it as like a, that's a scarcity mindset because it's tempting, you know, it's tempting to be like, oh, what if I don't have enough patients? But, um, you know, every person that I train they're out there talking to dentists and orthodontists and pediatricians and ENTs about what, what I'm doing and what they're doing. And so I think it's like spreading it all out there. You know, it's, it's getting um, more people out there talking. You're going
0: to train that one person who is super into Facebook marketing and all this stuff and like really good advertiser and like a really mm-hmm. strong business mind. And then they will just take fire. You're like, I tried her why is she number
1: one?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's what you need to really get the message out more. Like,
1: yeah, find someone that way. Well, that's what I'm hoping. I mean, for 2019, one of my big goals is to get that message out there more and to actually, you know, try. So, so far, I've just been, you know, lucky that I've got a busy practice. And, you know, I've got two other therapists who work for me, and it's going well. But, um, you know, I think one of the biggest things about, having a business or a practice is you've got to stay relevant. You know, you can't just keep doing the same thing and, you know, kind of resting on your laurels. You've always got to be what's what's new, what's different, what's changing. I think if you're not doing that, if you stay stagnant, then you're gonna you're gonna fall behind. So
0: one other thing too with Facebook ads, it's so strange. You like um you're not really supposed to put like <laughs> no, you're you not. have headaches exactly you suffer with sleep apnea so it's like being creative like i
1: forgot about that you're right you're supposed to you have to like word it like yeah. a certain way
0: are pillows wet when you wake up and you know it's like how do you how do you word it to like what are the people bothering mm-hmm. like a wet mm-hmm. pillow you're you know you have sleep apnea i'm like that's the hard part like when the advertising comes that's like okay these are the issues they're having oh, yeah i got the solution
1: that is tricky what? yeah i don't know have you had to, to come up out. with with ways of doing
0: that well the part of like i haven't had to really advertise mm-hmm. for chiropractic yet but like i got a there's a bunch of chiropractors mm-hmm. that advertise for chiropractors. So there's, you know, you just pay like somebody a couple hundred bucks a month and they do it all for yeah. you and you don't have to really think. Uh, so they kind of figured uh. it out. But um, when I was advertising mm-hmm. for the podcast, you know, sometimes, you know, just promote the, 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 um, you know, an eye doctor, but you got, I had to be careful. Sometimes it's like, oh, do you, I'm like, oh, wait, no, I can't. I, okay. That got denied. Let me try something else. Cause I'm just trying to advertise mm-hmm. like what a doctor may have been talking about. Cause otherwise and I can't, I can't really tell the why today. they don't
1: like that, I guess, because I mean, if you are like a snake oil person, then, you know, you could take advantage of people like, you know, take this magic pill and lose all lose, you know, 40 pounds. So I, I guess, you know, maybe it's like to protect the consumer, but It does kind of
0: negative self-image.
1: Oh, yeah. Actually, you're right. That is some of it, too. I I have heard that as well. (laughs) So, so gosh.
0: All right. So we're going to wrap this thing up here. Um, Okay, So you have your own entrepreneurial business. You can do it from anywhere. You have a husband. And are you all able to take vacation? Can you unplug and just get away from work? it's not what's going on it's been
1: really hard you know i i have these i i see 2019 as like okay this is the year i'm gonna make it happen because um right now i mean i feel like even though we travel we do all this stuff um you know we can live anywhere and that's great as long as there's a good internet connection um Yeah, it just I've worked I've gotten to this state of like I work all the time and it is hard to unplug when everywhere you go your work can go with you having learning to set up boundaries, especially because I see patients in many different time zones. Mm. I could literally work any hour of the day any day of the week because there's always someone somewhere who's like, oh, can I get scheduled? And so for me being really strict with my scheduling, it's one of my goals I have to get better at because and the you know, like West Coast,
0: it, which is the worst time zone.
1: <laughs> Why is it the worst?
0: <laughs> because if I'm in Central or if I'm in like Florida, it's 10 o'clock at night, you're like, well, it's 5 o'clock here. Yeah, then, exactly. You know, they're having to well, stay up or you're having to be like early in the morning.
1: Yeah, I like um So we've spent quite a bit of time living in Hawaii. And I like working there because I'm done by five o'clock because that's eight o'clock depending on the time Pacific time and that's like eleven o'clock Eastern time. So mm. I can see all my patients. I can work, you know, a good eight or nine hour day, and then I can still have dinner. I can go on a walk. But here I, it is hard because sometimes I finish work at eight o'clock or eight thirty at night, and then start
0: early too. <laughs> then, huh?
1: I'm just like, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to make dinner. I just want to watch TV. I just want to like veg out. And I'm like so dead after the day that. <laughs> projects that i really want to work on and you know there's still like notes i've got to finish and there's emails i've got to send out and i'm just dead and tired and so i i feel like i'm a lot more productive in hawaii because of the time the time zone so it's interesting that you say that um you know being able
0: why'd you leave
1: Why? Uh, Because my family's here in Seattle, so it's always pulling (laughs) me back, you know? (laughs) So it's easy to go live like six to eight months at a time, you know, rent a place, a short-term lease. And that's, that's kind of what we've done. So uh, it works out and we like it. And of course, like who doesn't want to live in Hawaii, you know? So
0: (laughs) it's super expensive there though, I hear. It's super
1: expensive. And that does get, it gets kind of wearing on you after a while. Just the food, the the gas, I mean, the electricity, you know, it, it does, it adds up and you just feel like it's just like, it just gets old. <laughs> you know, you go to yeah. Costco, actually, you kind of get immune to it after a while, you go to Costco and buy what you need. And it's always pretty expensive. And then you get, I get home back to Seattle and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize like that's so much cheaper than I thought, you know, so
0: <laughs> um, what am I doing? But when
1: you're there as a as a local, um, it's a little bit different than when you're there on vacation. I mean, we find pretty affordable places to rent. Once you get out of like the vacation rental mode, um, where it's not like, you know, $200 a night, once you find like a, a place to rent, that's like 1500 to 2000 a month. I mean, that's not that's like anywhere in the world. So it comes with its its trade offs, like there's cockroaches and geckos. And, and I don't mind the geckos. But we lived in a house at one point that was filled with geckos. And you know it's kind of funny like i I was always afraid i would be on calls and there'd be like geckos crawling on the walls behind me and i'd have to be like sorry that's just our gecko house you know so (laughs) or videos we actually had some when i was filming videos there 3d wallpaper where the the geckos would you know be climbing on the wall in the back of the video so you know it's it is what it is
0: so we get geckos here every now and then you know and mm-hmm. They're just climbing around. I'm like, oh, there's another lizard in the house. Yeah, I oh, guess you, you, know, you like, probably know
1: from China. I think anywhere you live that's like warm and tropical, there's geckos, and they like coming in the house. And and the good thing is they actually keep the the like ants down. And uh you know they they eat I prefer insects. that
0: than a roach. Totally. Yeah, I don't like cockroaches. A roach is gross, but a lizard I'm like, "Ah, eh, he's doing something." I love
1: <laughs> the geckos and these are so if you look them up, they're so beautiful. They're called gold dust day geckos and they're bright green and they've got blue stripes on their body and like little red dots on their head and they're really really pretty. They're so
0: slimy looking. These
1: they're not really they slimy. Look wet no, all the time. these look like they look like sh- Shimmery, I guess I don't know the word, but if you look up gold dust Hmm. day gecko, they're not native to hawaii They've been released there like, you know in the past 50 years and they've just (sighs) multiplied like crazy. So
0: no natural born killers.
1: Yeah, they are (laughs) So anyway, yeah, that's a little off topic, but oh well No, that's fun. Um, but yeah, I think the work-life balance has been a challenge for me and it's one of my goals to get under control. I mean, I really, really have to because I'm at this rate, I'm just going to burn out. I'm already like burnt out on, on a lot of things. So um, not not the work itself, but just the the constant grind of just feeling like nothing's ever done. Nothing's ever complete. I can never take a break. That's what I'm kind of getting burnt out on. So
0: Automate. I mean, you said you had big plans for 2019. There's some things that could be done automatic, but I'm not sure how you would set that up with like a Zapier or, you know, those types of things. I will have
1: to look into that. Yeah. You know, I know some of your questions that that we could talk about um, were about like hiring staff. I have two other therapists. I've got a a full time like office manager, like, you know, kind of behind the scenes person. Um, And she's really, it's so helpful having that. And plus it puts kind of this divide between me as the therapist, healthcare provider and um, her as, you know, kind of the, we need your payment and, you know, you're late for your appointment. So there's a fee and, and that, or you missed your appointment or whatever. So putting up that divide has been really helpful for me because, you know, you can't really have that rapport and, and patient like. I don't know the word nurturing, and then also be like the money enforcer and the schedule enforcer. So, uh, you know, for me that's been really helpful. But I had no idea it would be <laughs> such a challenge having like a team, you know, a staff. Uh, you know, there's a lot of responsibilities that that come with that. That I just thought, oh, my life will be so much easier when I have other people working ah. for me. <laughs> but now the the jobs are just different jobs. You know, so now it's like, oh, I have to make sure this is working okay and. She's doing all right with that, and so you know the supervising role is something that I'm still learning. So yeah, if you have advice on oh, that, no, no, not really. Like how to be a boss. I mean, that's been hard. So <laughs> you have two
0: employees that are doing kind of what you do, and then a manager. Mm-hmm. Look at mm-hmm. you! I didn't realize yeah. that. I thought, yeah, solo doing it all.
1: Solo person. I was for a long time, but uh, in the past two, three years, uh, you know, it's it's ramped up quite a bit. The ironic thing is I, I hired these other therapists thinking like, oh, if I have a lower cost option for people, then, you know, m- more people will be able to get therapy and there'll be more access to care, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of a reverse psychology situation. You know, I have a, a lower cost mm. option to work with one of my associates. Yeah, you're the best. And it almost makes more people want to work with me. It's a weird... Yeah, psychology thing that I, I didn't foresee that. So it's made like now more people like, no, 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 we really want to work with you versus, you know, I thought everyone would just want to save money and work with the therapist. So, <laughs> um yeah, that's that's been a challenge.
0: Three about two cash practice PT podcasts. And they're, you know, in physical therapy, it's an odd thing. Apparently, Like chiropractic. We're like, yeah, everybody's pretty much solo. Like you work for somebody to gain a little experience and then you get your own thing. Like that's just what we do. There is no option. But for physical therapy to be a cash yeah. service where they're not really in the hospital system or under the thumb of a doctor and they just do it all themselves. They're kind of like you. They're like, all right, I charge 125 or $175 an hour. We're, my, my schedule's full. I want to mm-hmm. become more of a boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they're always talking about how do you hire like somebody h- and then they charge the same fee. That was my point. They're charging the same fee. And then it's like, how do I? position it because they're like all oh, my online reviews were I'm the best I'm the best and now they're like well I want him they are like well Bob's pretty good too <laughs> and they're like well Bob's not on the reviews
1: I know it's I'll have to get the I would I'll definitely have to I mean I know a couple physical therapists so I'll, I'll have to look at that podcast and then connect with them because I think it's very similar like when you when your business is you how do you pull yourself away from it you know I'm I'm maxed out pretty much with the amount of patients that I can actually see and I'm still taking more on you know I'm not like slowing it I'm not saying okay I'm I'm not putting like a cap on it I'm just hoping that more people will start flowing to my associates but I think the only way that's going to happen is if I raise my prices which is something I didn't really want to do because I I also have this thing about like I don't want to just be like charging astronomical rates it's kind of exclusionary I guess you know and so I mean I guess I just have to do that because then it's going to make other people see my associates but you know, I, the, the like ethical dilemma behind that, the
0: ones that I've heard, like on in the interviews, his rates are one yeah, and a half to two times the order. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like $500 a session or something. I'm like, man, that just seems like, that seems ridiculous.
0: It'll weed out your schedule. you will be like, Oh, I've only, I've got half a schedule totally. now, <laughs> 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 but my associates, my therapists <laughs> on the side are definitely busier now. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And you're training people. I, mean, that did, <laughs> that, I didn't realize that either. Like you're, you've trained just like over 100 different yeah, people. That's a big I, deal.
1: I, I train. Yeah, my other um, business or branch of business is called MyoMentor. So that's MyoMentor.com. That, I train dentists. Uh, mostly. It's mostly geared towards hygienists because I'm a hygienist. But I've probably had like eight dentists go through it too. Uh, I've had a couple physical therapists, you know, I tell them this is like a dental program, but if you really want to learn it, you can go through it. So yeah, what I'm trying to do is make programs that are more uh, geared towards body workers and physical therapists, because I really feel like if you're a, a PT or an OT or a massage therapist or a chiropractor, Integrating some of these tongue exercises could be really beneficial to your patients. So I'm trying to figure out how to get it away from just being like, you have to see me, the specialist, to can this be like a technique or a modality that other people can apply to what they already do? So that's that's a, a project I have that, you know, I've got to clear my schedule so I can actually get time to work on it and put together these courses for um, body workers, I guess is kind of the yeah. umbrella term. I and think. I'm
0: sure you've already noticed teaching is profitable. <laughs> so... <laughs>
1: Yeah, teaching is. Well, what it's what it's done for me is I have a class of 10 students or 12 students and I see them all two hours a week. So we have our discussion call on or our, uh, the lecture call is on Monday and the discussion call is on um, Thursday. And so it's all. They all pay their tuition for the course and then I see them in a – so it's like more yeah. money all at once and it's over a shorter period of time. So like my time goes so much further with teaching and yeah, so I think – Is this something that
0: they can learn in one weekend?
1: No, so my course, it's like mentoring. So that's ah. really what I've tried to do to set myself apart because the the typical training for myofunctional therapy is a four-day like weekend okay. course. and. Nobody can go through that feeling like they've got it all down, you know. So I've I've really just filled this void between training and real life. And so, you know, the therapists who've taken these training courses um, are the hygienists or dentists. They feel like I need more, like I need some guidance. I don't know how to start a business. I've I saw never this done patient that. today. I
0: don't know what and, to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want help, or I'm too afraid to network with doctors, or I I don't know, like, how to talk about this stuff. So my program, it spans over, it's it's a 12-week program, and we have two two two-week breaks, so it's about 16 weeks total. So it's a four-month program, and I mean, my goal to anyone who goes through it is, I want you to come out the other end, like, actually able to practice so seeing patients um, networking with doctors building a business if that's what you want to do or integrating this into um, you know like a dental practice
0: do you have to carry malpractice or anything like that or is it
1: um there is kind of a dental hygiene malpractice that we can get as hygienists but uh you know myofunctional therapy is kind of an odd thing so there's some of these insurance companies are are making like riders for myofunctional therapy as part of the insurance policy but it's yeah it's 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 interesting being part of a new field where people are like, "What do we do with this?" You know.
0: Yeah, because I mean, you don't want to get. S- I was just thinking about that. Like, we're talking about stuff that you could, you know, if it can change something, all of a sudden somebody could have a bad experience, and then mm-hmm. you know, yeah. all of a sudden.
1: No, it's it's true. Luckily, I've never heard of that happening yet. But you know, there's a right. first for everything. So. <laughs> well,
0: and that's the problem. you are going to have some overambitious person who mm-hmm. is going to take it to that next level potentially, and be like,
1: "Yeah, oh, I can I can
0: I'm clean gonna, your teeth you- while we're doing it," and you're like, oh, "No, you God, can't. Yeah. <laughs> you no. have to be." Be supervised or the patient you know
1: i'm gonna do these exercises 500 times a day and then they end up you know their jaw falls off <laughs> not really but you know they look
0: mr butch they from, got these big cheeks
1: <laughs> some crazy health problem that like normal normally you would never do the exercises that much so you know
0: somebody died from like you ever heard of biofreeze like a um a joint cream. Oh, my muscle hurts. You put some, some like painkiller on it. Like, oh, it's like a I know what it is. Yeah. But I, I, Somebody died or something like that. Oh, my gosh. And you're like, what in the world? And this person was using a gallon a week or something. Yeah, it's of like this crazy stuff. stuff
1: like that where, you know. You can't no bathe be, in this. Yeah, you can't make it up. You're like, what? This is crazy. <laughs> like I would have never even thought anybody would try that. So. You know, yeah. that's where I think for me having like a good, I have like an in, informed consent that people have to sign. And, you know, it talks about like the the risks, even though there really aren't a lot. I mean, it's much riskier to get braces. <laughs> you know, it's much riskier to have like your septum straightened or your tonsils and adenoids taken out. So the thing that really? I really... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Surgery versus a breathing technique and a tongue technique. Yeah, like put your tongue on the roof of your mouth. So, you know, there's way, way more invasive things than even tongue tie procedures. I mean, having your tongue tie release is minor compared to some of these other things, you know?
0: Yeah. So. So you're probably not a fan of like tongue rings. Is that still a thing?
1: Uh, You know, I don't think it's good. Um, My sister used to have her tongue pierced when we were in college. And I think back to that and her, uh, you know, I would clean her teeth as a hygienist and the inside of her teeth were all chipped up from having that metal ball, like Mm -hmm. hitting the teeth. It makes me think your tongue probably can't stay in the top of your mouth if there's a piercing through it. So it's probably not good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's been a long time since I've thought about tongue piercings. I know. I haven't. Wow. Yeah,
1: that's funny. (laughs) Uh,
0: Last two questions. I know you got got things to do. Spouse, significant other. How do you keep the love alive in these days?
1: You know, we work together a lot. And so I think the because you know he's he actually works along he does a lot of my website stuff and a lot of my behind the scenes you know video editing and all that so I think the biggest thing for us is like actually having space because we like he doesn't go to work and I don't go to work like we both are at home all the time so having our own separate like times I think is really important where most people I think most normal people you know they go to work their husband or wife goes to work and then they meet and they're like oh yeah how was your day and we see each other all day. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) I need to go to the gym. We need to
1: separate for a little while. But then also being able to talk about non-work things. I think that's one of the, the things that can be a a problem, you know, where it's just like, okay, this needs to happen. We need to work on this project and blah, blah, blah. So realizing, you know, taking time to like separate and not have like, we're not going to, let's not talk about work. Like, let's just go out to dinner. Let's just enjoy our evening together. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, Being uh, strict with that, I think is, is critical.
0: Especially if you both support each other and, like, he supports you, you support him in all your endeavors. It's easy to just fall back to, okay, all right, let's talk about the marketing plan for the next month. Yeah, I
1: mean, I'm super passionate about what I do. And so I'm always, like, I I know it drives him crazy. Like, I get ideas all the time. like, oh, and we should do this and we should do that. And he's like, uh, do you always, (laughs) like, is there ever a day when you don't have ideas, you know? And, you know, so... He loves it, too. I mean, I shouldn't say, like, he hates it. But, you know, I think it, it probably Sarah, does get you should get learn hold. how to do
0: some of this stuff on your own.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I don't want to do all that, your editing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, that's another, I think, entrepreneur thing to to remember or to learn is, like, hire people pay people i wish that years ago i just would have hired a, an accountant to do my my taxes you know i tried to do my taxes for so many years on my own and it was a disaster and you know i'm like hoping Definitely. that you know those years just fall behind because i'm like i don't know if i did it right you know i i wish that um i just hired someone now i'm like i don't i just would rather pay someone and it's an investment you know even if it's expensive at the time it's so worth it <laughs>
0: You almost have to if you're gonna have all these different avenues of a making money. Yeah. Other people definitely. underneath you. I definitely wouldn't trust myself to.
1: Mm-mm, no, I haven't do done, any done any that. Of taxes. Correctly. I haven't done it in a while, but yeah, okay. you know, I I think back like you know when when you're new and you're trying to like bootstrap everything and you're just like oh I could do my own website you know like yeah that's not a good idea.
0: <laughs> now bookkeeping is another story, y'all. You should be doing your own bookkeeping. I get that only takes, you know, talking to the audience here. That doesn't take very much to, like, put your expenses in, like, a QuickBooks to get to the accountant. Um, Yeah.
1: No, that is good. Um, And I've looked into, I've always done my own bookkeeping, and I've recently been looking into, you know, they have these, like, $200 a month, like, an online bookkeeping team. And I'm just, like, it's a lot. lot, But it's also, like, what can they really do that's, like, so amazing that I can't do, you know?
0: Yeah, they're going to tap into all my bank accounts.
1: Yeah, it is, kind of, it is kind of weird. Or I think like how will they know what these charges are and like how to categorize them? You know, uh, that's I, – I think you kind of have to know like what what my life is to, to know how some of these – Yeah, if I have to do things, this
0: much work, I might as well have just done it myself if I have to like – Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, you know, oh, okay. There's like these 25 things that you don't know what how to categorize them or what they are. Like are they yeah. business expenses or not? Then that – yeah, that would – be a lot of extra work i feel like have so. you
0: ever used like mint.com for your personal I have, stuff
1: yeah i have used mint um there's also something that i tried um it's called wave app and mm. it's a online accounting software and they'll do like payroll they'll do a lot of stuff they do like credit card processing and i always liked it but i recently switched to um quickbooks so now i'm just on okay. quickbooks into it whatever it's called now
0: what do you take for payment as are you stripe online uh, i do PayPal? paypal
1: yeah so i send out really? invoices through paypal PayPal is kind of cool. They actually send you like a 1099 K at the end of the year with all the money that you've collected through them. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of cool. It keeps everything organized, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a 3% fee, (laughs) right? Um, you know, I, I don't think that there's anything, I don't know that you can find any company that's doing payment processing. That's less than 3%. So,
0: okay. Yeah, that's, I forgot to thing? ask you that because if you're doing a lot of online stuff, there's you know there's Stripe, there's like real terminals these days that you can do online and all yeah. these different companies. I was like, I wonder what she's actually using to sometimes lose all Square. her money on
1: fees. I, I used to use Square a lot more in person when I could actually swipe a card. But now, I mean, mm. Square, if you just pin in, like enter in onto your phone, uh, it's like 4.25% or oh, at least no. it was. I mean, I haven't looked at it in a while. That's but a lot. It was a lot. I was like, okay, I can't do that. So sending people <laughs> PayPal invoices, I mean, they do um, – it's it seems it's really simple like if you have PayPal for business I'm actually amazed how good it is so
0: yeah, and you, they've never taken your money and held it hostage. Not or give anything. it back.
1: No, actually, the more you use them, the more they like. Like I could get same day. Like I can get instant transfers now. Like the money oh, that's okay. in PayPal now. It didn't. They didn't always offer this to me. It used to be like, okay, we'll we'll hold your money for three days, and then you can, you know, we'll transfer yeah. it. But now it's always within same day, or um, they gave me the option recently, which I had never seen before, do instant transfers. So I think oh. if you. If you use PayPal a lot, if you do a lot of transactions with them, and probably if it's higher amounts, then they're, yeah. they're okay. they they start giving you more benefits. So, I think the people that
0: get in trouble with it is they launch like if you were to launch your program mm-hmm. and you were new and you had 200 doctors buy a $700 program and all yeah. through PayPal and they're like, um, that's a lot of money. Yeah, and they can like just deny everything and you're like, no.
1: Oh, that That's was three crazy. months of my
0: life preparing for this grand opening, and this is what happens, and then you're like, I do oh no. Yeah,
1: that would be really um, – luckily, I haven't had bad experiences with PayPal, but I know other people have. I've actually had maybe two people tell me, like, I refuse to use PayPal. I won't do business with that company, so I'm going to have to pay you in a different way. And I'm like, okay. So I know <laughs> people fine. have had bad experiences with it. Every yeah. once in a while, I get someone who's like, can I mail you a check? And I'm like, uh. Okay, you know, if uh, you just
0: wrap your cash in a black piece of paper, please, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd rather not have to deal with your check.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, luckily now they have like you know, apps that you can deposit a check, you know, you can take a picture of it and it will deposit it without you having to go to the bank. But, That's um, true. yeah, it's still so.
0: risky sometimes. I hate to say it, a check's risky, but you get one or two bad <laughs> checks and all of a sudden you start looking at people differently,
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, I know. So, okay, mm-hmm. before we go.
0: Any favorite books, mm-hmm. podcasts, blogs that we should check out?
1: I think, and he might even be a good person to have on your show. Actually, there's um, Buteco breathing practitioner. His name's Patrick McEwen, and all of his books are really good. His latest book is called The Oxygen Advantage, and he he does Buteco breathing, but he's he's also put a spin on it, and he's doing like a lot of athletic mm. training. So he talks about nasal breathing and the benefits of nasal breathing during exercise and for anxiety. And so what he does pairs really well with what I do. And he is like one of the nicest people I've ever met. So and you know, he's, he's kind of a like famous guy in my world, too. So you know, the first time I met him, I was like, Oh, my gosh, I got to meet Patrick McEwen. you know, (laughs) Um, I've read all his books. And, uh, you know, like I was saying, Dr. Zoggy is like a celebrity in our field. So this
0: is Buteyko breathing?
1: Buteyko. Yeah. So it's B-U-T-E-Y-K-O. And it started in Russia, and it's a really fascinating breathing technique, but I think of all the people who teach it, Patrick McEwen has really done, I mean, he makes it easy to understand, and, you know, he talks about the science so eloquently, which is, you know, kind of dry, complicated stuff, um, and he's he's Irish, so he's got his Irish accent that's really easy to listen to, and sometimes I'm like, what, <laughs> you know, what'd you say? But he's, he's just a super nice guy, just a good human, so... And then who else do I, I think um, if you want to look up someone like kind of like really interesting and semi-controversial, there's a guy named Naudi Aguilar, who's the founder of Functional Patterns. And he is doing, I don't even know, I guess human biomechanics is what he calls it, but it's super fascinating. And it's really, he's he's doing things that I've never seen anyone else do with the human body and connecting dots that I haven't ever heard of connected before with um, like fascia and uh, you know, these chains of movement that we have that I, I'm not a. Right physical therapist or you know i'm not a i'm not in that world but he is doing stuff with the muscles and and human movement and stuff that that i've never seen before so um functional patterns he's an interesting one to look up those two people i follow and i i i feel like i learned so much from them so
0: very cool it's always fun to to meet the the guru or the the person that's like a a star you're like oh my gosh
1: yeah yeah i like it too so (laughs) what's your website again my website is myfaceology.com so m-y-f-a a C E O L O G Y dot
0: And the other one was Myo Mentor?
1: Yeah, Myo Mentor. So M Y O M E N T O R. But if you Google Sarah Hornsby or Faceology, which is the name of my practice, a lot of stuff should come up. So Very good. Wow.
0: This yeah. has been fantastic. I learned a ton. We went marketing, we went all over the place, business practices a little bit. Yeah, good. So I really appreciate <laughs> you spending all this time and being so open and sharing with the uh, audience today and definitely hope that we'll reach out to you and you'll be able to for internal marketing for yourself. Yeah, I
1: hope so too. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. And and I appreciate you you know asking all this stuff. I feel like a lot of times I when I do these podcasts and I do interviews and stuff, nobody ever asks about the business side of things and that's I feel like that's actually a big passion of mine and I think someday down the road when I'm not so busy and I can kind of transition a bit, you know, something that's come out of all the stuff that I'm doing is I'm super passionate about people starting businesses and especially like women in business. I just feel like there I want to be able to do something somewhere down the road you know of, of supporting women who want to start businesses and who want to like forge out on their own and you know I just feel like I didn't come from a family of business people I've had to learn all this stuff on my own like you know the 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 MBA of real life you About, know so <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's hard you know so I, I like learning from people like you and you know connecting with other healthcare business owners because there's there it's it's, it's a challenge you know so uh, but we can all learn from each other and I love absolutely.
0: that absolutely That wraps up another episode. I want to remind everybody that we have some great affiliate links available. If you're into instrument-assisted soft tissue manipulation, we've got the Edge tool and we've got the Hawk Grips. Saves you about 10%. Also with the Edge, you've got the uh, like blood pressure cuff restriction system. You've got the G Suite inexpensive EMR in case you'd like doing cash practice. If you want to know what hosting I use for podcasting, it's Blueberry. Pure VPN, it's one of those ones I use to help keep my payments secure as well as access the internet more safely. You've got the Primal Paleo Grass-Fed Protein, Bone Broth Style, save 10% on that. No sugar, allergy-free, dilutin free dairy-free, all those types of things. Mentor Box, get taught by the author. we got Set for Set for those Floss Bands that you may have heard about on one of the episodes. I really like those. Any Amazon products that you might want, click the link in the show notes pages. And of course, I got my own electric acupuncture pin to go with the No Needle Acupuncture Book. From time to time, you know, I'll have a bundle set where you can get them all together for a great price. I also have the free downloads at doctorsperspective.net slash blueprints. And what lately I've been doing is substituting a fifth one. Like I've done a knee and depending on the guest, I might do a different type. So check back there. So all those resources can be found at doctorsperspective.net slash resources. There's also t-shirts at .net slash t-shirts. Put up some new designs from time to time, like making lemons out of lemonade, shrimp po' boy, plus all the chiropractic and podcast swag that you could want. If you have any ideas for guests, please send me an email, justin at .net. I'd love to hear who you think would be good or a profession that you may not have heard yet. If you can, send me a review. That's .net slash subscribe, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Android devices, you just click that button. It'll take you exactly to the page you need to. You can write a review, hopefully a five-star review. Like I said, it does help for other people to discover what we're doing here. And we've got over 100 episodes. This is going to be like our third year. Super excited. We're going to have a little mini-series like we've been doing, which has been fun. Hope you've enjoyed them as well. That's that's the feedback I've gotten. And one thing I haven't really talked about too much is the doctorsperspective.net support page. If you want to buy a, host a cup of coffee, go for it. If you want to pledge a little higher fee, there's buttons for that. There's even monthly recurring for those who feel like, wow, this is like the cheapest mentor coach program I've ever seen because you interview so many different kinds of doctors. And and I've been able to implement things that I've heard and it works So monthly recurring payments, which also can get you my books for free, T-shirts for free. Uh, The first book, you know, that deals with health and exercise, getting on a diet, getting your financial health in order as well. Things I learned in China, you know, that book is available as well. And one thing that I don't have, I don't have like a a full blown page about coaching and things, but there's a little button there. I've had people request, hey, doctors and non-doctors asking me, can I do more than just answer a couple of questions? Or could you be my coach for a little while? And I say, yeah, we can do that. So it's something I haven't really advertised, but it's something that I can do and do, whether it's marketing, some strategies for new patients, growth, those types of topics. If you're interested, just email me, justin at a doctorsperspective.net. As always, listen, critically think and implement. Have a great week. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. I hope you will listen and integrate what some of these guests have said. By all means, please share across your social media, write a review, and if you go to the show notes page, you can find all the references for today's guest. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trostclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.